So you don't like Bon Jovi at all? What's there to like? I don't know. They have some good songs. Like that one, A Dead or Alive song is good. The one that everybody listens to all the time that fucking they probably play a thousand times on the radio is good. You've been asking me about this Bon Jovi <laughs> thing since we did our last week episode. Really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't think it need. I really don't think that it needs this much justification. Okay, but they have some good songs. Just admit it. I don't care for them. <laughs> I don't like their songs. Okay, on to the next one. Thanks for checking out our episode last week with the Fuel Podcast. Yes, sir. Thanks for going to their YouTube page and checking it out, uh, subscribing to them, and following them on Instagram at the Fuel Podcast. If you have local start, if you have a local business, a, a local startup. Or something that you do for yourself and you want to promote it, reach out to them. They love having guests. Yeah, super cool what they do. Yeah, you could, uh, I mean, they'll be happy to figure something out with you and, and, and put an episode together. And uh, maybe we'll do another episode with them at some point. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was nice. I liked it. I liked being recorded also and being on put video, on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. It was different. It was, it was, I felt awkward a bit at first, but I got comfortable with it as it went on i kind of forgot it was there yeah and if you haven't checked out the episode uh, check it out on yeah. on our spotify as well yeah or uh, apple music or any other way you listen to uh, our podcast yeah but give them a follow they're great guys and uh, it was a lot of fun doing that with them yes sir shall we get started uh, yes sir going to be Stephen one this week i'm handing it off to you oh really i feel great about it let's do it then uh so how you been not great not great huh no all right so that's probably why i'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking over so let's do it so last week what came out conrad the machine <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in here i'm opening a window <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Conway the Machine. From King to a God. Yeah. I'm sure you probably haven't heard it. I wanted to go hear it actually. I was I was gonna do it for, for 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 the sake of the podcast. I was gonna go listen to this album because I know how much you were waiting for it. Yeah, I've been waiting for it for a while. Uh, it's been in the making. And it finally came out. I know you've, you've told me that you read a lot of reviews about it that say it was good. I read mixed things. I read some people either saying it was average, some people saying it was above average. Nothing nothing bad. Okay. Well, as being a Griselda fan and listening... You like Griselda? Fucking love Griselda. Uh, you rarely talk about them. No, I know I rarely talk about them. But now I get to do a, a, a complete nice review about this album. And I just want to explain just why i'm so into griselda and it kind of brings me back to an album like this coming out so yeah conway the machine has been making albums since about 2015 with his with west side gun the collab albums uh the griselda project that came out last year and also a bunch of albums that came out quote unquote mixtapes but they're really not mixtapes yeah um huge fan of what he does 
but I wanted to see what he could do as a solo debut, where he was going to go, if he was going to keep it to what he was doing in the past, or he would have just changed it up a bit. This album <clears throat> is, is, is different than what he's come out with. His music before this is very gritty, grimy, dark. Yeah. Uh, the beats are super dark. And I found with listening to this album, and I'll go through the track list really quickly, is that he steps it up a notch. He, he uses different tones in his voice. He uses a lot of different beats that he's probably never used mm-hmm. on his past projects. Like I mentioned, his projects are super dark. It's super aggressive hip-hop. It's like that Mob Deep. It's like that dark, yeah. dark Mob Deep yeah. prodigy who he's worked with as well. But like with this, it's like I find the production value is amazing. He's worked with different producers, Hip Boy, mm-hmm. who you never think somebody like Conway would work with somebody like Hip Boy, Beat Butcher. Alchemist. He has, if I'm not mistaken on this, a beat by, yes, beat by DJ Premier. Uh, so many people, and also his featurings. Uh, Freddie Gibbs, Method Man, Dej Loaf, who, when you look at the featuring, you're like, ooh, Dej Loaf has done a lot of things with uh, artists like Lil Dirk and those people. So how is she going to fit on this? Mm-hmm. Is it going to ruin the song? Uh you got Lloyd Banks on this, uh, El Camino, Benny, of course, West Side Gun, of course, and Armani, Armani Caesar. What I find he did with this is he tapped into different styles. Yeah, He kept the grittiness, but I find it's, it sounds more refreshing mm-hmm. to where he's not always rapping on the same type of beat. Yeah, Like you got from King, which is an amazing intro, which they also have a skit from uh, Kevin Nash. NWO at the end. An original skit or a, a, a voice clip taken? A, a voice clip okay. taken from uh, WCW, which is super cool. And t- since having the moniker Nash, yeah. it was super cool to have this. And especially since it's being his first solo album, starting off with a song called From King, is super cool. And it's not a long intro, but he came super hard on it. Fear of God featuring Dej Loaf. Uh, like mentioned, it's not the type of artist these guys would work with. Yep. And thinking that there would be like a, I, w- I don't know, like a singing type of hook on it. Yeah. It has nothing it's to do with yeah. the song. Like at the, she just does the outro of the song. And it's kind of like a, a verse, but more of like a singing verse to take you away from the song and go into the next song. Yeah. Uh, which the next song is with Metal Man. And I remember you asking me, do these guys could keep up with Wu-Tang? Yeah, yeah, I see that. Can, and, no, no, I asked, no, no, that's not what I asked you. I asked you, can the Wu-Tang guys keep up with them? And for when you asked me that question, I thought to myself and I was just like, eh, I don't think so. But listening to the song with Method Man, yeah, incredible. It's probably yeah. one of the best verses of the year in the hip-hop. The Method Man verse. The Method Man verse. Really? Where we thought this guy would not come out with music anymore. Yeah. And that he not fell off, but doesn't do quiet. anything. He was yeah, quiet. Yeah. And if he does a featuring, he'll do a featuring... 7 on 10 type featuring, but he came fucking hard on this. Uh He kept up with Conway. And I told you to go listen to this song. Yeah, you did, yeah. So, uh, Doan Damini, super good song. Juvenile Hell featuring Flea Lord. Uh, Havoc from Mob Deep and Lloyd Banks. Mm -hmm. Crazy song. Uh, Produced by Havoc. Uh, Frontlines to where he steers away from what he's talking about usually and goes to talk about what's going on with the world today. Mm -hmm. Um, Anza, which he goes on a trap beat. 
but totally kills it. Like it sounds like, like if if people could rap on a song on a trap beat song like this, it would sound so much better. And maybe we would get into artists that use trap beats because he just fucking annihilated this song. Um, a good song, and I think you would like this song a lot, is uh, Seen Everything But Jesus featuring Freddie Gibbs, where there's a lot of singing on this song. Mm -hmm. uh, and the melodies that they use is something that you don't hear these people do. Uh, Spurs 3, Benny West Side Gun, amazing. Probably one of the best songs that these three have been in on together. One of the best songs. The just the way the song is put together and the beat that is used is incredible. Uh, Forever Dropping Tears featuring El Camino. It's a seven-minute song mm -hmm. uh, where he just talks about all the friends that he lost growing up. Uh, talks about uh, DJ Shea. Rest in peace, DJ Shea. Yeah. Uh, talks about Machine Gun. He talks about a lot of people in this, which is super cool. And then there's the bonus tracks uh, produced by DJ Premier and uh, Crisis. But it's a super good album. And what I like about this is that it sounds more polished. Yeah. More refreshed. Cleaner album. Cleaner. Uh, doing different things. That's that. That's why I like. That's why I like this because maybe you'll expect something yeah. from Conway that yeah. maybe you don't expect from like West Side Gun, where West Side Gun changes up. But this guy gave me a fucking great album, and this is top contender for album of the year right now for 10? me on ten nine point five. Wow! Like this is like when you listen when I listen to music and I'm just like, what what can I take away from this? And I, I could take away that this guy can make an album. We listen to a lot of artists that are like, oh, the mixtape is good. Mm -hmm. All the EPs are good. Can this artist make an album? Yeah. This guy can make an album. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it gets back to conversations like a Jadakiss conversation where, fuck, he raps amazing. He yeah. makes amazing mixtapes, but can he make an album? Yeah. And that's why I love this project because the guy can make a fucking album and it sounds clean, polished, well done. Using different type of beats, different flows, different everything. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, but you need to listen to it, and you'll probably understand what I mean from listening to the gritty stuff before, and then this. Yeah, it's, and and it's a very personal album as well. Mm -hmm. Now, Fleet Foxes, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, band I really love. Last weekend, there was speculation that new music was imminent. Probably a single was going to be released. Okay. And uh, on Monday morning, September 20th, was September 20th Monday? Uh, September yes. 21st was Monday. Uh, it was announced that they were going to release a full album the following day. Really? September 22nd. It was going to be released at 9.31 a.m. to coincide with the autumn equinox. So right when the season change happened. From summer into fall. Oh, yeah, because summer is done. That's it. They released now. It's super corny. But I find it kind of nice because bands like them, Fleet Foxes, Bon Iver, all that indie folk stuff, they're often associated with autumn, winter, cold weather music. Very true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's corny, but it was, it was cute. I mean, it fits that vibe, you know? Um, it's their fourth studio album. They'd been recording it for two years. They completed it during quarantine. Their last album, The Crack Up, came out in 2017. And it was a six-year wait between Helplessness Blues in 2011 and this in 2017. Um, the Crack Up in 2017. Fleet Fox's first album was very pop, very accessible. And their second album, Helplessness Blues, was a lot more 
folk driven. Mm-hmm. It fit in more of that folk category. I hate using folk because a lot of indie folk isn't actually folk, but they use a lot of old sounding music to drive their second album. It was a great album. When the crack up came up seven years later, it was dark. Seven years later? And uh, six years later. It Still was very long. dark. It had more, it was, there was more like minor keys. It was more heavy. It was very gloomy. It was more orchestrated. The sounds were a lot bigger on it. This album, which I didn't say the name of once yet, is called Shore. Um, the fourth one is probably their most accessible since the first but still draws the kind of concepts that the second and third album had. So unlike the first one where it was just a bunch of songs, mm-hmm. there's definitely a concept. But in terms of accessibility, it's a lot more of an easier listen. The Crack Up, their last album, was often very long at times to listen. It took a lot of time for songs to develop. There was awkward changes within the songs that didn't always bring the song in the right direction. It's definitely an improvement, in my opinion, from their last album. Um... The people that worked on this, honestly, very exciting for me. Kevin Morby worked on this. Chris Bear and Daniel Rosen from Grizzly Bear worked on this. Uh, Hamilton Leithauser worked on this, for singer for The Walkman. Uh, I think Aaron Dessner from The National had some production to do with it. I saw that they thanked him in, in a post that they made. So the artists working behind this album are very... Well, they're, all, they're artists I love. Um, the album itself, I find, has a nice flow. It has a nice... I mean, it sticks to the, the Fleet Foxes uh, recipe, I'd say. Nice flow. Like I said, more accessible. Probably something that's going to be in my top five this year. So, so, so after a week of listening to it almost... Three days. You could say that this is... Yes. Because I know that <laughs> when I put on Fleet Foxes, I expect to be challenged. I expect to have to let it sink in a few more times. And for once, I felt like the first time around, I was grabbed. They had my attention fully. And I felt like even though this is an album that I'm going to need to hear more than once, like their other albums always, it's also one that I knew right away I liked. Like their last one, I really had to force myself into it. Like the 2011 one, it took much longer for me to see how good of an album it is. And do you think that the the fact that they did a surprise album, kind of, makes it more enjoyable because you weren't expecting it? Absolutely. For sure, because I, I know there was great music this year, and we keep saying if anything was good about 2020, it's the music. Yeah. It just adds to it. And what I like about it is, unlike the last album that I said was dark and heavy, there's a lot more of a happier vibe. It's an, Like I said, it's an easier listen, but it's also a more positive one. I think there's more to take away from it in these difficult times. And... Saying that it goes with the seasons, yeah. Do you find this the sound of it goes with what's going it's on? It's absolutely like, a fall record. That you see, a lot of people when they listen to music, they'll just listen and ju- they'll just listen to music. And I find right now what's going on with music is a lot of people are not t- intaking music properly. And people that love music like me and you and a bunch of the listeners, yeah, they listen to music because there's something that they feel with the music, yeah. And just like with hip hop, with me. There's music for the seasons. There's a bunch of artists I'm not going to listen to in the summer because I find it doesn't go with the summer. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to listen to the locks more in the winter because it's more hoodie music. You know what I mean? I love that you say that because to me, hip-hop, I find I connect less to seasons. To me, hip-hop is very summer-oriented or when I'm in the mood, no matter when. Well, when, you listen, when I'm listening to artists from L.A., 
West summer. Coast, absolutely. it's summer, absolutely, like a hundred percent. Yeah. When you're listening to New I York see, artists, like, Nazomatic is a winter album. You know what I mean? Like, there's oh, a yeah, lot I see more. That. And that's and that's cool that th- these guys did something like this because it falls with what what's going on. The, like the times like, again, yeah. seasons happen four times a year, exactly. every year, but they did an album for it. Exactly. You know, YG is always going to sound better to me in the summer. Yeah. You know for what sure, I mean? Yeah. yeah, but it's like I said, Bon Iver too was like the kind of when his last album came out, I Ca- uh, I Mai, he 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 uh, promoted it as. I think a summer album, summer album, winter album. He really? promoted it as, as, yeah, I forget exactly what, but he promoted it as a season. No, he promoted it as winter, spring, summer, fall album as well, because he was saying that his, what the, the, the first album was definitely his winter album forever, forever ago. Okay. And then the second one was a spring, a change of seasons into the summer album, which was 22, a million. And then he really marketed this as season four. I call my and now he's doing season five. He's working on season five, which is just like a renewal, I guess. So I'm expecting new music from him too soon. Uh, it's super cool because another artist that we listen to does that, and I find Jay Z does that. Really? Yeah, I find Jay Z does that. I find like an album like Volume Three, Life and Times of Sean Carter, yeah. is more of summer. Versus to where Volume Two, Hard Knock Life, is more of like a. September, October, even though they probably didn't come out in that time, yeah, I find they sound better in those times. I like that. I like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like that. Like, I find like Blueprint. Blueprint to me is more of that album where you could listen to it like September. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Like the times are changing. You like it goes with what the, they used as samples, the way the production was. Yeah. And that's to me an artist that does that. You know what I mean? So speaking of artists and their music, I was very excited. New releases. Yes, new releases. Fuck, I'm, <laughs> I'm a good Steven number one. Yeah. New releases. Big new release for me, probably you as well. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Action Bronson. Yeah. What's the name of this album? Something with Dolphins? Only for Dolphins? Only for Dolphins. Uh, this is very exciting because he just came off of Fuck That's Delicious 4. He's losing a fuck ton of weight and he recorded an album. Every time Action Bronson comes out with an album, we always pause and we yeah. listen to it and we yeah. dive into it because he's one of those artists. I don't expect to be blown away. I just want to enjoy it. That's yeah, all I ask for. But we never get blown away. Exactly. I think the last time we got blown away from Action Bronson was Blue Chips 2. Yeah. Rare Chandeliers came out before Blue Chips 2, I think, right? Yes. Yes. So Blue Chips 2 was the last time I was blown away. I really enjoyed Mr. Wonderful, but I wasn't blown away. Yeah. That I have Lil Wayne Carter Five, the actual version that was supposed to come out in 2014. That's not really a new release, but I want to see how it was made and what was left off of it. I'm very interested in that. Yeah. So we'll see. That's all I have on my list so far. I got Sufjan Stevens' eighth studio album, The Ascension. You took some heat for uh, saying what you thought about him, but I think he's great. I took heat. Yeah. From who? Somebody wrote. Somebody wrote. Uh, Sonia wrote. Sonia wrote. Saying that uh, she didn't like what you said about him. Well, I didn't like what you said about him either. Well, Sonia, you know how I am with music, so uh, those comments are not accepted. Um, it's his eighth studio album. It's called The Ascension. It's uh, it's going to be a hell of a listen, 80 minutes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What kind of album is this? It better not be a depressing one like the one he did about his mom. So far, the song... That was a really good album, though, Steve. I know. The... the um, 
so far what I heard is interesting. It's more on the pop side. And there's a lot of electronics. It reminds me of his uh, Age of Odds album. Okay. Which was not my favorite. So I'm not going to really... I want to hear this album before I... Uh, before I you know how it is with Stephen, Sufjan Stevens. When we put something out, people go nuts. I'm going to take my time because I'm divided on his albums. Okay. Well, he does different albums. He's an artist. He does. He switches it up. That's yeah. what's really fun about him is he's done electronic stuff. He's done Carrie and Lowell, the album that you say is super depressing, super sad, acoustic music, quiet. He's done Illinois, Michigan, which are more orchestral again, indie pop sounding stuff. He's done Seven Swans. That one's more... It's, it's more on the side of Carrie and Lowell. But it has a bit more rhythm, maybe a bit more drumming. Okay. I think. But anyways, he's, he's he, he could do it. He could do whatever he touches quite well. The songs for "Call Me by Your Name" were great. Those are some of his best songs, in my opinion. What else is coming out for you? Uh, are you asking me because you know I forgot something? I don't. No, because I else. think you forgot something because you were talking to me about something I'm a check, before. But I think we got it covered. Hey, it's a, it's a year that the Bad Bunny album came out. There no. was something. No. There was something on Instagram that spoke about it. What are your favorite songs one year later? Of the one that we spoke about? With the bicycle. No. Came out in March. Really? Yeah. Two Chains. Two. Is it coming out tomorrow? I don't know. Is it coming out today? Sorry. So help me God. It's coming out? I have no public idea. Public Enemy. Yeah, there's a Public Enemy that coming out. Check out. Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth has a solo album. But wait, but it's Two Chains. I thought Two Chains was in October. Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric has an album. Really? <laughs> Definitely going to listen to that. There's, I, I only have Action Bronson. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's an average week, I'd say. You know what's going to happen now is that we're going to get into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And a lot more shit's going to come out. Depends. Might I not think even. a lot Usually more shit's going to come out. Is promising, but Look, uh, I'm expecting a Isaiah Rashad album. I'm expecting a recent album. I'm, I'm expecting an Absol album. I'm expecting all these albums that... You are? That said that they were supposed to come out. I don't um, think the Kendrick is going to come out. I think the Kendrick's going to come out at the top of the year 2021. I'm not expecting anything, to be honest. Whatever comes out, comes out. I'll take it. I so mean, far, I've been happy with what's coming out. Good. So now let's jump into where I fucked up, because I am Stephen number one. Yeah. Initially, Stephen number two, but you passed me the throne. Yeah, this is all yours today. All mine. It's been long in the making that I've wanted to do an episode like this, where we pick our top ten favorite MCs slash rappers. It's been, it's, I've been wanting yeah. to do it. I've been busting your balls for it. We finally have it on paper. We're going to get it done. So what we, what we always do, and, and, and the listeners know this already, is we always say, who's your top five? Who's this? Who's that? What's your favorite top five songs? Finally, we have our top 10 on a piece of paper, and we're going to go like we did, what, what, like exactly what I did with each one, teach one. Remember that night where we went yeah. back and forth? Yeah. He put five up, I put five up, and we yes. just spoke about why we leave, love these artists. Now, we're going to be doing our top 10. Yeah. Hip-hop, rappers, MCs, all time. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, we need to understand that this list is not based off what we found on the internet. It's not based off a magazine. It's not based off what somebody told you. This is a personal list of our favorite. My favorite? Yeah. Your favorite? Yeah. We're not putting any artist that just because somebody says needs to be in a top 10 somewhere, I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. This is our list. Absolutely. Okay. And whether you agree with it or not, that's up for debate. But again, it's a personal list. Yeah. So what I want to do is 
like the each one teach one night is I'll start off. Yeah. We'll go from 10 to 1. Yeah. And we'll talk each about why these are our favorites. Are you saying your 10 and then I'm saying my 10 or we're going 10, 10, 9, 9? 10, 10, 9, 9. Okay. I think that's the best way to do it. So, okay, yeah. I to like create that. the conversation. Okay. And then it's going to be till 1 and then we'll we'll continue. But number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, a lot of people know about it for me. Who yeah, they know, are because of what yeah, I did what with did each one, teach yeah. one, which was amazing. Uh, but it's harder to do a top 10, I find, because you have so many more artists that you want to put in. Okay. Why are we doing this? It's because it's, it's something that we need to, that needs to be said. And somebody like you that listens to so much music yeah, and so much different hip hop that sometimes don't agree with me. I'm excited to see your list. Yeah. Now, is there something you want to add about this top 10, why we're doing it? Because I know you make a list and you don't give a shit about what other people say. I don't. Because it's your list. Yeah. So do you want to add anything or do you want to break it down? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, What makes us figure out why they are in our top? Yeah. How'd you choose your your 10? I chose my 10. The way I choose my MCs is almost... The same way I choose what I want to listen to. Yeah. Mood. Okay. Consistency. The way they rap. Their different rap styles. Albums. Something super important and a lot of people forget when they make a list is their ability to be a featuring. That's super important to me. If yeah. you're if you're gonna feature on somebody's song, you need to come a hundred ten percent wanting to make it your song. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. You wanna make sure that the other rapper that asked you for this featuring doesn't regret it, but it's like this song just became way better because this person was. You gotta on rise it. to the occasion of being a guest. Okay, uh, it's super important, and a lot of my rappers, I listen to them because of featurings. When I hear them on a featuring, it makes the song way better. I own albums that some of my favorite artists are featured on it because I love them as featured guests as well. And you, what what what, what makes you? For me, I went too memorable. Yes, very important. I shouldn't have to try too hard to hear the verse, to hear yes. the bar, to hear the rhyme. It should be handed to me. Mm-hmm so to speak um i wanted i wanted guys that had solid bodies of work albums i could put on and not need to and not get distracted and need to move off question before we continue yeah does all their albums need to be no. great albums no okay i think every artist at some point or other will put out something not great okay there are artists here that you'll be like oh okay they really don't have a lot of great albums but actually, no, not, not for the most part. But no, I, I don't think that's a main thing. Uh, I also don't think you have to have many albums. What you put out has to be good and you have to stand out as an individual for me. I took a, I took a, a, a different approach to it too. And I often, I often make the joke to you in saying like a lot of hip hop is like wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted a gimmick sometimes. You I want, want something character. fun. Fun character. Exactly. Because I find like I, I say a lot about needing to relate to the music to some extent. When you have a gimmick involved, you don't need to. 
anymore. Mm-hmm. When there's a gimmick involved, it becomes a caricature. You're listening to know about the character. And you'll know which rappers that'll, that'll be applied to. Sometimes it's like a movie, I find. Exactly, like you- exactly. I, I, and the, rap is very much based on credibility, who's saying their real shit. Mm-hmm. When you have a gimmick, when you have a moniker... Uh, it doesn't matter But something and, and I'm so happy you said this In rap yep. Yes You want to be credible Yeah You want to What you're saying is true Yeah But I think a lot of people What they What they need to understand With hip hop too Is Is that Imagination Yeah Is one of the key ingredients In hip hop Not Absolutely. everybody was selling drugs Absolutely. Not everybody Was shooting people Robbing people imagination is key yeah because in music you want to be able to think when you're listening what is this guy talking about you want to be able to be brought to a place uh-huh. and be like you know what this guy might have not done all this stuff but it brings me somewhere i'm imagining something uh-huh. you know what i mean again like a movie so imagination is the is one of the the most key things in hip-hop Along with how you put your words together. Now, get back to you. Um, that's about it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start. You ready to start? Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go when you are. Cadence, flow, the way you, put, you, stuff. The way you put your words together is super important because you don't want to be basic. Overall, I got to enjoy your music more than anything else. Yeah. I don't care if you're real. I don't care if you're fake. I don't care if you have ghostwriters. I don't care what you have. What you give to me, I need to like. Exactly. Good. So let's start it off. So since I'm Steven number one. Yeah. And I, and I push this episode on, I'm going to start. Yeah. Number 10. Yes. Now, this was super hard for me. And it's kind of super basic as well. But it was, it was, there was two people that I really wanted on this list, but I couldn't have both of them. Uh-huh. Because all my other nine were steady on the list. They really haven't moved in a good five years. But number 10 was probably the hardest one to pick. Okay. All right? And I'm going with this one based off... Because when I don't know what I want to listen to, and I put this artist on, I am in the mood. I finished the album. It, it, it basically tells me this is what you wanted to listen to. Uh-huh. And over the last 10 years, I have gotten more into this artist, more into, he has a numerous amount of his, of, of catalog out. He's probably said to be one of the best rappers of all time, artist of all time. And maybe 10 years ago, this person wouldn't be on my list, but he's on my list right now. And I'm giving top 10, number 10, Jay-Z. Very nice. And again, he's that artist. I don't know what to listen to. I'm going to scroll through Jay-Z and I'm going to find an album I'm in the mood for. And it's probably his earlier stuff, which is fine, but there's always a mood for Jay-Z. Lyricist, the fact that he doesn't write a lot of the stuff down uh-huh. and he just goes in and it comes out so amazing, it just, to me, is incredible. And I find some of his earlier work, like Volume 2, like Volume 3, Reasonable Doubt, uh, Rock La Familia, they, they, they don't, like, die. No. Like, it's consistent. Yeah. 
you can listen to that again with the seasons, uh-huh. some of those albums, and he kept up with the times and he did it perfectly. At number 10 for me, somebody that I thought was in my top five until we uh, started doing the exercise, the exercise, the mighty most deaf Yasinbe. Yes. Uh, he dropped for me. He's still top 10 for me. Uh, but I think there is a trinity of most deaf albums that you need to hear. Yes. As a rap fan, they are Black Star, Patel Kuali, mm-hmm. Black on Both Sides, which mm-hmm. is his solo classic. Mecca type album. Like it, it's, sta- it's, it's, how do you say it? It put him in the limelight. Yes, exactly. As a solo artist. And lastly was uh, his last studio album, The Ecstatic, in 2009, which was a, a definite step up from uh, The New Danger and... Uh, Black, one, Black Magic. Is that what it was called? Yeah, with the, with like where you used I used the, to uh, really like the one with, the, with no sleeve. Yeah, that's Black really Magic. I used to really like it, but it's, it's all right. As a fan, I could tolerate those two albums. He used a Jizza beat on that. He did. The Liquid yeah. Swords beat. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, there's that trinity of, of, of most deaf work that needs to be heard by everyone. Mm-hmm. And I understand that on the weaker albums, he's difficult to listen to if you're not a fan. My interest in him comes from the way he hears the music, from the way he hears the beat, how he approaches it. He knows he can sing. He knows he could switch into singing from rapping. He's versatile on the beat. The- Simple as that. I, I don't need music from him all the time. I no. know that the three albums that I like, I could listen to all the time. I remember those albums. They stick in my head. That I, I can tell you the feeling I have when I hear those albums. I don't need new music from him. I'm happy with what he has. Those three. Something to add for Mos Def is he's a true MC. You yes. could throw out a beat and you, he'll rap over it like it's nothing. Whether it's he's humming something. We saw him live at... At, uh, at the privilege even to speaking to him. Yeah, that's true. That was very awkward, but <laughs> it was nice. But it was it was it's a nice thing to be able to say. He like the guy is an MC to the point where he could rap on anything. He'll make the crowd move. You know what I mean? Like he's a showman. He's a master of ceremony. It what he does yeah. is hip hop. Yeah. And that's something that I like about Most Def and I'm adding to yours, sorry. No, it's you just that, that I might do that to yours. But like Most Def He's an artist. He's an actor as well. Yeah. So he could and do. And he could do. Yeah, he's good. And uh, he could do everything. He, does, yeah. he could do everything. So that's why I like him. And like you said, he doesn't have to put out an album. He doesn't have to put out any more material because yeah. what he gave us is classic. But yeah. look at what he does on those albums. He could do a rock song, a punk song. He could scream. He could sing. He yeah. could rap. Sings in Spanish. On right. Uh, exotic too. He could. He could flow like crazy. He, yeah. Tell me most Def changes his flow about 10 times he in does. an album. He's got his kind of, his usual flow. Yeah. His familiar flows that he sticks to, but he can step out of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my number 10. Number nine for me. And I'm surprised you never guessed this because you know the way I am <laughs> with this rapper. Okay. Pusha T. I did guess that he would be on your list. No, you didn't. You didn't write him in the, in the, in the seven, six out of 10 that you guessed. All right, so tell me about Pusha T. Could he switch up his flows? Yes. And I and I knew you would. And you know what? (laughs) No, I I love Pusha T. You know that. Like to me, Pusha T is the definition of a a rapper. 
maybe not an MC, but a rapper because he yeah. could flow like crazy. He switches up his bars. Mm-hmm. He is just the way he writes a beat and what he did with Pharrell to me is always going to be considered classic. His yeah. work, what he did in the 2000s and what he's doing now is always con- going to be considered classic to me. And how he brings his energy to the songs, yeah. how he attacks a song. Again, when you put on an, uh, when you put out a song and uh, the rapper comes on and he bores you to death, you change the song. Pusha T doesn't do that. He comes onto the song and he makes you want to listen the whole way through. He's also, I'm going to add, because you added to yes. Mozef, in my opinion, the king of the punchline. He'll tear you apart in one line if he has to. He'll make his point clear in one line if he has to. He could do that. A hundred percent. I find that very respectable in the way he writes. Even though, like I say, his flow is oftentimes similar. Yeah. He's direct. And that's He gets a, the message across. That's, that's something I like about him. But look at how he changed to when he was with Eclipse to when he became Kanye's... Protégé? Sure. Good word. Like, he switched up his whole style. The beats switched up. He had, to do, he, he had to do things on his own. Yes, he was backed up by Kanye, but look at the beats that were being made by Pharrell now to being made by somebody like Kanye. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything had to... Ch- like, he, he had to do a 360. Yeah. And not... Like, he does... And you know me, I'm a sucker for drug rap. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge sucker. I love listening to the stories that Pusha T says. I love that shit because it brings me to what exactly the moment he's talking about. It brings me right there. And I love it because it, it basically to me, it's like watching The Wire uh-huh. or watching an episode of some, some street movie or sorry, street TV show or street movie. It brings me, I love that. It's like watching a movie with Pusha T. Can I ask you a question? Yes. You're allowed. Pick one. Yes. Push a T with clips or push a T solo? If they can continue in that direction? If you can pick only one catalog to listen to. Forever? The clips catalog or the push a T solo catalog? Where is he his best? Where he is his best? Here, I'm going to say it this way and it might not answer your question. Answer the question. This one or that one? You you can't listen to the other. But one. I need to make I, I I okay okay make your point. Make my point. And then you're picking. You have no choice. That's how this podcast. I works. think clips is funner. Huh. Okay. okay. Clips is way different. Okay, because of the Pharrell production, but what they did, what they how they were talking about it, how they made it sound so, it was so aggressive. But fun at the same time, like yeah. more. It, it was like alive. You yeah. know what I mean? To where now I find it's darker, mm-hmm. grittier, more aggressive, more punch in your face type music. Yeah. But he's doing that all alone. Yes, he's been backed by Kanye. A hundred ten percent. But again, the guy could rap his ass off, and you could hear it on Daytona. And you know I've always been that Pusha T fan after clips, but when I listened to Fear of God 2 and you said this is not a great album. 
My name is my name. He, I think he did amazing it. Fear of God 2 is the one with the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one's not great. My name is my name. Fantastic. Where he fucking was rapping on trap beats. Yeah, the other one too was good. Uh, the one after that, which was... Uh, with the doves. Yeah. I can't remember the name. Uh, anyways, I'm fucking horrible with that name of that. I always forget. Like, he's, he's carrying himself yeah, yeah, alone. Yeah. If I have to pick one of the two, I'm obviously going to go with Clips. Okay. But... We can't take away from what he does as a solo artist. No. He's incredible. And he yes, is. He's great. Like the song with Kendrick Lamar and My Name Is My Name. You know what I told you about it's Daytona? fucking dark. We did our season great. one and I asked you very carefully. I said, do you want Daytona in this list? Daytona to me is one of the best hip hop albums of the last 10 years. Easy. Top 10. Well, we put it in our decade. We put it in our decade, but not in our best of hip hop of all time. And I think today. We'd probably change that list. Daytona's up there. We probably changed that list. Yeah. But yes, Pusha T, 110%, number nine. Number nine for me is all about storytelling. Ooh. Rick the Ruler. Slick Rick. Slick Rick, number nine for me. Nobody tells a story like Rick. Mm -hmm. He will, I mean, just that first album, The Adventures of Slick Rick, every song is like, it's... the, the, the storytelling, I mean, he put he paints that picture for you. Yeah. You just need to give that the, the lyrics some attention and sit back. It's the type of album you want to sit back and listen to the words. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require you to read along. He's clear enough in the way he spits. And it's just stories. Lessons. His voice. His voice. Nobody rhymes. No. Nobody rhymes. And Slick Rick... On the third album, The Art of Storytelling, yeah. came back even better with a new flow. Fourth album. Uh, yeah, the fourth album. Yeah, that's right. It was fourth. He had new flows. Fuck. He would kind of introduce characters. He would change his voice. If he was telling you the story of a girl, he would do the girl voice. He'd sing to And then when you hear him come back on that most deaf album, The Ecstatic, when he sings you the verse and he's singing the characters... Man. Yeah. That's great. And but who did that? All man. He's one of the most respected MCs. But, yeah, but who did who did that? Who did who did that? The characters on an album. And Raekwon. Uh someone else that gets Cuban a Lace. lot of credit for it. Uh say it. Give me the loot. Yes, Notorious B.I.G. Gets a lot of credit on yeah. that song for the characters. Yeah. But that's that's Rick. But Slick Rick is one of the most respected rappers of all time. Absolutely. And the most, what's that word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, influential. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Hip hop artist of all uh-huh. time. Raekwon, uh-huh. Nas, uh-huh. Ghostface, yeah. Most Def. Uh, fucking, just, I just spoke about Pusha T. And Kanye loves him. Fuck. Slick Rick, man. Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, Rick is, I mean, I couldn't do this list, and and I, and I'll say this to this day. When we spoke about and we we it came he came up this in one of our recent episodes when someone asked us what's an album that the other Steve showed to you. Mm-hmm. You showed me Slick Rick, <laughs> and today, and after listening to him, remember I was li- like when you got me into him and I was listening to him, I was like selling you on why you needed to listen to more Rick. Yeah. But look at the song on the album on on his fourth album with Raekwon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was frozen. To, that was Holy a shit. match made in heaven. Holy shit! Slick Rick number nine for me. 
Number eight. Fuck, we're already at number eight. Mm-hmm. Number eight for Steven. Steven one. Steven one. To me, one of the funnest rappers to listen to. The funnest rappers to listen to. Because this guy, his first few albums were way more serious. But after There Is a Dark Side, after his personal album, mm. he... Wow. Annihilated people with his, his rhyming. Number eight, Red Man. Okay. Number. I didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming? I didn't see it coming. Number eight is Red Man. To me, it, take, it brings the fun into hip hop. It brings why I love listening to rappers and why I love listening to hip hop is because this guy could fucking rap his ass off. And when you're listening to him, Almost like the music that's coming out today in, in a way where it's like, okay, I need to listen to what he's saying, but he's not being like where you're like, okay, he's being like a, a conscious rapper or, or any of that. Like you need to like, he's telling you something super important. No, he's just the way he puts his words together and the way he makes his music fun. Man, Eminem says he's his favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. Eminem got almost all his flows and the way and it's just his skits again we're not listening to artists just for skits yeah but just people take so much from Red Man there, if you if, if there was a hip hop book and they would put paragraphs of just verses from Red Man <laughs> it would be like learning just like just so much different rhyme patterns. Mm-hmm. Red Man never, never has the same rhyme pattern. That's very it, true. It's just, and yep. how, how it's so fun and he makes it fun and stupid and the shit he says, it just, it brings fun to hip hop when everybody's just like, oh, hip hop is so violent. Not always. It's aggressive. Yeah. Red Man is just super fun. It's like, what is he saying? To the point where it's like, he's just having fun with what he's doing. Dude, look at how high. Yeah. Look at the look at the, look at the Blackout album that he did with Method Man. Mm-hmm. It just all fun, yeah. all around fun, and people need to understand that this guy could flow on anything. He could freestyle like crazy. Mm-hmm. And his first albums, uh, what the album, it was fun, but it was darker. There is a dark side was he was going through a bunch of personal shit. And then right after that, it just took off. Muddy Waters, super fun. Uh, Doc's the name. Like, yeah. he, those were his albums. And I think a lot of people say Muddy Waters is his best album. But sometimes to me, Doc's the name is his best album because he was at the top of his game in, in, in 1999. Mm-hmm. He, everybody wanted to rap like Redman. Royce the 5'9 got most of his style from Redman. Yeah. Something you want to add. No, no, I have nothing to add. But yes, Redman. Why are you surprised with Redman on my list? Because I know you liked him, but I didn't think he was a top 10 for you. Yeah, uh, for sure. There's, there's, there, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put anybody else in 8. I would put Redman 8 all the time. A number 8 for me. Yeah. I've got the only new artist on my list. Ooh. You're excited for this one. Well, okay, yeah. You said, you said the fun in hip-hop. Yes. 
to me, I know that his lyrical themes are not always fun. Mm -hmm. They're serious. They're educating. He's telling you how he's seen things growing up. But the music, the tone of the music, to me, is always fun. At number eight, can you guess? No, I don't want to guess. I like it when you say it. I get excited. At number eight, I got Vince Staples. Oh! Fuck. I wasn't expecting that. I'm not kidding you. I was expecting Vince more at 10. Uh, I wasn't expecting at number eight. That's amazing. Yeah, I like that. I like that Vince can switch up his flows. He's entertaining on the beat. Yep. He's always telling you something. Mm -hmm. There's no filler bars. But he's also... He's up to date on things. Mm -hmm. Fucking smart guy. He knows a lot about different... Like he could make pop culture references to things that... Like he calls himself on FM, he called himself the Crippin Bjork. <laughs> Not many... You wouldn't hear a Bjork reference in much of hip-hop. No. So he's up to speed on things. He's he, he steps out of his box. He knows about things that aren't necessarily in his backyard. Mm -hmm. He makes those references. He goes out of his way to find something for you to connect with, I find. His flows are always great. He's not necessarily the most diverse in his flows. They often sound alike. Mm -hmm. But take that second album, The Big Fish Theory. It's like completely inspired by house music. He's got Damon Albarn on there, who you know, if Damon Albarn signs off on something, I'm involved. House music from the 70s. Uh, yeah. So Damon Albarn, for those of you who don't know, Blur and mm -hmm. Gorillaz, he's on that. He signed off on that. They've become collaborators ever since. Yeah, it's true with Gorillaz. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I mean, what else is on that album? Asap Rocky's on it, Kendrick's on it, but they're also not in their element. Mm -hmm. They're doing his thing, you know. Well, look at Kendrick rapping on that beat. Right. Like that's a that beat yeah. is that was nuts. That beat is like so it's so glitchy. Is, yeah. and, and then after that, he puts Summertime '06 was a bit more classic. Hell, can't wait. Then there was this album that we're talking about, the big the big fish theory, and then FM comes out and it's like fucking Snoop Doggy style. It's, it's it's a mini Snoop Doggy style. You got E4. It sounds a lot like that E40 type of stuff. That Oakland-based uh, yeah. rap. Man, I can't wait for this guy, what he does next. I can't wait for what he does next. We're always excited for Vince Staples. Yeah. He's fucking consistent. He's very consistent. And not one album sounds like the other one. Nope. That's fucking... And even when they do, like Hell Can't Wait in Summertime, they're different enough... To be interesting, Summertime 06, the split album concept was very cool. And he does sing on some of those songs, the outros. Yeah. He 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 touches on different sounds. The storytelling on that is of course. Insane. For sure. And I know we're we're saying our top ten MCs are top ten rappers, but I think part of that is very important. How you can put together an album and although your flow is somewhat similar throughout, it never feels too repetitive for a listener. No. So he's got a lot to prove. Well, man. But number eight right now. He's already proven a lot for us. And he does amazing live shows. He does. He's good live too. That's rare. He plays you the full song. He gives you the whole song. He'll sing you every verse. And hardly talks in between each song. That's rare. So It's very rare. Number seven. Yeah. Almost the same thing as... As number eight for me. Hmm. Almost the same thing. And you know, now you're going to start knowing. Number seven, Method Man. Okay. Uh, 
man, this guy to me sometimes could be any in a top five. He should be in people's top five just on based on what he did for the for hip hop, how he was pe- what people were looking up to in hip hop, how he raps. No, but to this day, nobody raps like Method Man. Uh, it, he could go in a low pitch voice to a high pitch voice. The energy brings on a song. What in Wu Tang? He was the main artist that they were focusing on at the beginning. Yeah, I think. In the second Wu-Tang album, Forever, he has some of the best verses on that. Mm-hmm. Some of the craziest verses. The techni- technicality in his verses. Another thing, and a lot of people could be like, you shouldn't say that and put him in number seven just because of that. But Metal Man's cool. Metal, the way Metal Man raps is super cool. Mm-hmm. Almost like Red Man. And that's why they're neck and neck for me. And that's why one of them is seven, one of them is eight. It's because going back and forth together is just you get two different artists with two different styles and rhyme flows and rhyme patterns. It just makes something so amazing. And Metaman to me, something that people need to understand is as a featured guest, he'll he's amazing. He's somebody that you always want to have on a song. And look at the songs where he features on a Ghostface album. That Buck Buck 50 on Supreme Clientele, he killed that. Yep. Anybody yep. that takes him, like he was on an L- ASAP. Uh, I'll a- go as far as, sorry to cut, I, I, yeah. I want you to continue, but I'll go as far as saying this. To me, Method Man as a kid was discovered on the Limb Biscuit song. Yep. I don't know how many times I'd play his verse back. Because it was it was amazing. I discovered him off of featuring. So for sure. Actually the rock the rock welder was the first, but yes, featuring. You're right. Well, I discovered him from the Judgment Day album. Yeah. Because he was rapping so differently on that. And I was just like, this guy's rapping super fast, and it's on the last song on the album, Judgment Day. Yeah. And just like it's just there's punchlines on that, but just also how he's rapping is just so, again, technical at the same time, but he's making something cool out of it. You want to be like Method Man. You want to rap like Method Man. Uh, he, his two first albums are amazing. His stuff with Red Man is amazing. I wish we had more projects from him, which I'm still waiting for his last solo album since 2009 that never came out, Crystal Meth. But the stuff he did with Wu-Tang is just, he's... Yeah, he's an icon in in, in what he does and mm-hmm. the music he makes. Number seven, do you want to add anything about Method Man? No, or? I mean you said it. You said it best. You know his music best, and like I said, the, the bit of Method Man I know you best said it describing cool. I think you said. I think you knocked it out of the park with that because that's the kind of vibe. It's laid back. It's cool. Yeah, and and again, when you're he features on an on somebody's music, yeah, it just blows you away because he brings his. 110%. Number seven for me. Yep. I'm excited again. Sorry if you just heard my email notification. Fuck, people don't know when to stop working, huh? Uh, yeah. Number seven for me is somebody who gave a platform for the, mo- for the, um, the Vince Staples. Somebody who gave a platform for the Earl Sweatshirts. Somebody who allowed this odd, oddball rapper... To thrive, give them visibility. Thanks to this guy, we get this. Yeah. And 
he's not somebody that I think all his projects are great. I think there are a lot of people that obsess over his catalog and his music more than it needs to be. I think what he's done really great is really great. And he has music that I can take or leave. But what he's done that I really love, I love very much. And I realized it's this week when you brought this on to me. Really? So number seven for me is MF Doom. Mad Villainy, as I said to you, was in my top ten hip-hop albums of all time. Yeah. When we did our, our thing. Danger Doom is his easiest album and was what I was introduced to him with. Mm Food is... I mean, he's incredible on it, and his production on it is fascinating. And then he's got his little jobs here and there, King Gidra, that's really good. It's a lot of more production than him rapping. Uh, the Victor Vaughn album, fantastic album. To me, MF Doom is one guy that nobody does it like. That's his sound. That's his character. And like I said, the monikers and the, and the, the gimmicks, this guy has so much that happened to him in real life that he can tell you about from his brother dying in KMD to his son dying very mm -hmm. recently. He's all character. He's invested in this face. Yep. This is what you're getting. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. And it's very interesting when you think about a guy like MF Doom because people get upset when they go see MF Doom and it's an imposter. He did it on purpose. But when you think about this, MF Doom... It's not Daniel Dumoulin. It's a character. Yeah. So whoever's behind the mask really doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, it's his 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 rapper name before was Zed Love X. Yes. Yeah. But 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 that's it. We're not going to see that. No. We're not going to see Zed. We're going to see MF Doom. Not Zed. Not Daniel Dumoulin. Yeah. But when the wrong guy's behind the mask. His fans go nuts and feel betrayed. That's that's very that's very hypocritical. But but what 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 is he doing it for? He's doing it because he's considered the villain. Also. Right? That's exactly it. A also, villain is that's supposed part to of the game. But he, play the game if you're involved. Exactly. And as a as a as a fan, yeah. you should not you should be surprised, but not fully surprised because Again, you're listening to the villain. You're listening to MF Doom. Yes. And if that's part of the show to send somebody out to do it for him, you're obsessing over the wrong thing about him. Exactly. He tells you in his music. He so, tells you what he's about, why he's there. Yeah. So to me, I mean, look, to me, MF Doom deserves a spot on this list because you say this a lot also. I don't only listen to hip hop. Oftentimes when I do, it will be a Doom project. Mad Villainy, Danger Doom. They're albums I go back to a lot. More than a lot of other hip-hop albums. I find an artist like MF Doom, what I like about him is when you go back to his projects, you go back to all his projects. You want to listen yeah. to everything. Yeah. Because you want to... He's a mood. Yeah, and you want to dig deeper into his catalog too. Yeah. You want to understand more. He challenges you as a listener. Yeah, and a lot of people like will go between Mad Villainy and then Danger Doom. And then, um, what's the other one that's uh, mm, food? Yeah. And then they'll try and pick their favorite between all that. Mad Villainy is almost always number one. But like at some, at, at, there was a point that Danger Doom was my favorite one. Because it's fun. You know it's what I mean? It's easy and it's light. And it doesn't require what the other ones do. 
Exactly. But That's again, fine. But again, he he's so interesting as a character yeah. that you don't always understand. And the people that listen to him need to understand you he's not a guy you want to see live. I don't want to see him at Doom Live. You know what I mean? Like he's the he's that artist that you want to put in your put a, your CD on, your tape, whatever the hell you have, vinyl, and listen to the art he's doing, yeah, how he's doing it differently, why he's doing it differently, and who the character is. Fuck, I don't want to meet the Ninja Turtles, fuck. I don't want to fucking go meet all these people I grew up watching on TV because I know yeah. they're not fucking real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I li- I'd rather watch it than meet them like this. Sometimes I'd rather listen to it than go to a show. I want to end on one thing you said about you chose a lot of these artists based on how they feature on songs. Yeah. MF Doom on a feature, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. They're lazy. A lot of the times he was good on most on uh, not on Mozart, but on Talib Kweli's mixtape. I forget the name. Mm-hmm. He he gave a track to on 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 Kweli's mixtape. But one of the best featuring songs of all time, in my opinion, <laughs> and this is nuts for me to say this, is when he featured on De La Souls. You're not wrong. Yeah, the grind date, dude. The last track, Rocco Cane Flow. If we can ever fucking, if we w- would be allowed to play a song on this podcast, which we can. That song is... I'd use that as our intro. Right? Killed it. Yeah. Did you ever see the video with that? I saw them performing it. And he came out? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was on a late night show. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that Rock Cocaine Flow is one of the best featured tracks. The two guys from Dilla going back and forth. Doom in between them and they're going one verse, next verse. No chorus. Verse, 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 oh, yeah. verse, verse. Uh, one, uh, and they go... One guy goes, Doom goes, other guy goes, Doom goes, other guy goes. It goes back and forth between Doom. Authentic hip hop. Authentic hip hop. You're done? Number six for me. Uh, Number six is super personal to me. Uh, It's an artist that I grew up with. Uh, Also, I saw grow with the changes that were happening in his life, whether it was being in prison, uh, whether it was just what he was going through, his mindset and stuff like that. And that's why sometimes it's hard for me not to put him in the top five. I keep him at number six just because my other artists in the top five are are, are steady. They're there. That's They're not fair. moving. Um, hey, look, for the amount of hip-hop you listen to and for the amount of music I listen to, like top 10 is, is, is you're, you're in good company. Yeah. You don't have to justify why he's no. six and not five. No, I know, but sometimes I wish that you know, like, but the other ones are uh, super strong. But I grew up a lot with this artist, and um, he passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, Prodigy of Mob Deep. Yeah. To me, somebody that you could grow with, and he changed whether it was the way he rapped, his voice, his tone of his voice, with his emotions. And how he was feeling with. Also, when he started with Mob Deep, he was super young. So you heard the, the the young prodigy. But as the albums went on, you saw his voice getting grittier, grimier. Uh, just also, he got an, he got way angrier. He was super he, he was super sick with uh, sickle cell uh, anima, if that's the yeah. the word. And you you saw a change in his voice. Because of this blood disease that they had. So he was angrier. And I grew up with him and, and I did a post on Instagram a long time ago where I thanked him for 
being there with his music for me, whether I was in a bad mood, good mood, happy mood, uh, he kind of brought me into a different direction into hip hop as well with his lyrics. You had the privilege to meet him, no? I had the privilege to meet him. I had the privilege uh, for him to sign my tape, my book. Uh, Mob Deep to me was huge growing up. High school. Elementary, I wasn't listening to that. But high school, like just, I was an angry teen. I was getting older. Uh, just Mob Deep's music and Prodigy's lyrics made me grow up, made me cheeseball to say this but a stronger human being because of his lyrics when you're mad you put that on and i saw him go through things as an artist going to prison uh coming out of prison just dealing with a bunch of stuff changing as an artist and being able to to go through that w with him and seeing the changes made that made me love that artist more yeah you have that connection with him yeah. and what mob deep and what uh prodigy did man he paved the way for the griselda He paved the way for so many artists. He was one of the first gritty, grimy, uh, with that full, like those drums in the music, artists to do stuff like that. Yeah. All these guys look up to him, Flea Lord, all these people. It's because of Prodigy that this music exists. Mm -hmm. And to me, just his rapping ability was amazing. Jay-Z even said it. They had a beef together, but... If he didn't go through all the troubles he had gone through with prison and stuff, he would be solidified as one of the greatest hip hop MCs yeah, of yeah, all yeah. time. And Lil Wayne said it too. Yeah. So he's my number six. Rest in peace, Prodigy. Always gonna love him to death. My number six, as I said, I went with a lot of monikers. I went with a lot of characters, but you have to pay homage to the to the legends, to the classics, to the the guys that did it first. Yeah. The guys that set people up to do this their own way later on. Number six for me is Rakim. Great. Um, it's very straightforward. There's not much. I want to say. Uh, I want to say this carefully because I don't want to say he doesn't have much technique, but it's very. Oh, he has technique, but. Low what, profile technique? Let's say that. Yeah, no, let's I know say, what you like, mean. Like when you hear it, you don't think much of it. No, because his voice is not like. Right. It's like, not, yeah, he's not in your face. Exactly. He's, not, he's just rapping. He's right. Like, I mean, I mean, he's one of the originals. He goes back with the KRS. He goes back with, with the guys from, uh, from NWA. He has that kind of cadence. And the techniques that he right. brought, like the way he did his punchlines, the way he did his. Yeah. Like the way his rhyme scheme was was doing, it was it wasn't done in hip hop because you, you had the Big Daddy Canes, mm -hmm. uh, you had the Slick Ricks, you had all these guys, the Bismarckies and stuff. But when Rakim came, yeah, they were just like, "Whoa, we got to pay attention to what he's saying because what he's saying, yeah, is is crazy." And what I love about what you just said is punchlines. Yeah, they don't stand out like a Pusha T. Yeah, very later now we're talking we're skipping yeah. ahead, but. When Pusha T gives you the punchline, you know that was the punchline. Yeah. If you're not listening to Rakim, you'll miss it. Because his punchlines will be delivered just as strong as the line that sets you up for his next punchline. Yeah. It's not in your face, as we said. But he's the god MC. People look up to him. And that's it. It's like you gotta, I mean, I find, like I said, in my top 10, I love the monikers. I love the characters. I love the guys that step out of the box and go... But you got to pay tribute to You got to pay homage yeah. to the guys that allowed that to happen later on. Yeah, and 
like I don't have much else to add. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say on Rakim. It's, yeah. it's classic. It's I mean, it's got to be. You can't you can't ignore it. I I texted you yesterday and I said, you know which albums you always put on and you don't want to take off. Yeah, it's the Eric B and Rakim yeah. albums, the Rakim solo albums as well. Yeah, the uh, the, the the well the first two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he paved the way for so many people. And uh, if you do want to try and get into Eric B and Rakim. And paid in full, although it's a classic. Maybe you find it didn't age well. Follow the leader is probably their best album. If you if if you ask me as a fan, follow the leader is their best album. Better I, than paid in full. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent Better than paid in full. The one after that as well is super. The last two were also very good. Super well done. Yeah. Super amazing. They, the four the four Eric B and Rakim albums were fantastic. If these if Rakim didn't exist, a lot of these artists wouldn't Absolutely. exist. Absolutely. Like the prodigies of the world. You know, like he did, he paved the way. He made these guys, MCs, made these 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 guys want to rap. Yeah. He made it, I want to be like this guy, which is super cool. Now, we're getting into my... We're getting f- into top five now. Top five. Should we do a quick recap? Because it's a lot of talking. Yeah, go. You go first. So, Steven one. Number 10, Jay-Z. Yeah. Number nine, I'm going with Pusha T. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Redman. Number seven, Method Man. Number, what's after seven? Six, Six Prodigy. Okay. Your turn. I got number 10, Most Def, Yasin Bey. Number nine, Slick Rick, Rick the Ruler. Number eight, Vince Staples. Number seven, MF Doom. And number six, Rakim. The top five. You guys probably know my top five. Again, shout out to each one, teach one. We did that live. I probably posted my on five Instagram. Changed since then. Your, yeah, your, yours Not by changed. Much, but. Number five, Cameron. Uh-huh. Killer Cam. There's no other way of saying it. I'm not going to spend so much time on it. Nobody does it like this guy. This guy, what he does as a rapper, his punchlines, the slickness when he comes onto his songs. Just all those classic stuff he did with Dipset. To me, to me, what meeting him was beyond. Like I, I didn't even imagine that. Yeah. I could that could that happen. But just being in the presence of somebody of what he's done for hip hop, he took the nineteen nineties yeah. into two thousand and changed it up. Nobody was rapping the way he was. Nobody was using those types of beats. Either. Cameron, yeah. It was Cameron. Yeah. And also the mixtapes that he did, the way he was rapping on those mixtapes. Yeah. What he was saying on that and the way he would switch up his flow and his cadence. Again, we're talking about these words. Some people might not understand what we're saying. But if you ever go listen to the Dipset volume one, two, three, four, five, you will understand what I'm saying. The slick talk that he does on that, the way he raps on that, nobody was rapping. He would take your beat. And just do something totally different to it, and rap so differently on it. And he made it—he made it cool to be a rapper in the two thousands. This is with the way he dressed, the way he with the pink, with the, the way he changed things up. And a lot of people say, "Well, he's a rapper. You should pay attention more to the way he's rapping." I agree with you, but you want to look up to these people, and you want to look at them and be like, "Okay, I'm lo- moniker again." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like. Absolutely. You want your this the guy to have that punch, that 
that what's that word that not is that aroma that 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 effect on you you want to yeah. like just the way he dressed he said you didn't want to talk too long about him yeah why don't you tell the story about when you met him because we've been wanting to do that and it never came up well i went to a, i went to see him with danny and uh malenko and i have a camera on tattoo on my arm and at the end of the show it was a great show by the way before this fucking covid shit he, um, the, the, his bodyguard was taking a bunch of stuff so he can sign so i was just like fuck i have nothing to sign hey what's up do you mind if i show camera on my tattoo and the bodyguard looked at me but you said it as a joke no yeah i said it as a joke and the bodyguard looked at me well, like it wasn't kind of a joke. I was just, I wanted to see what his bodyguard, how he would react if he would say, yeah, no problem, come with me. So I said it and the bodyguard looked at me like I was joking or a fucking idiot or something. And then he pulls out his cell phone and then he's like, okay, wait, show me. So I showed him. His bodyguard was like at least over 300 pounds. Big dude. I, th- I thought he was going to fall back. When I showed it to him and he takes and he's like, okay, come with me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, what the fuck did I get myself into? So I go over the barricade and he brings me to the backstage to a room, which is fuck. Man, that shoe was small. It was like the size of this room right now that we're in. Uh-huh. It's like a, like a bedroom. Yeah. Pause. And Cameron is like, no joke, like two meters away from me and I'm just like and in my brain the only thing I'm thinking of is what the fuck did I just do why did I do this I wasn't I was like fuck I should have never opened my mouth you're a fucking idiot so the bodyguard calls over Cam and he says Cam first of all he's interrupting him while he's talking and he's like look at this so now you feel like a problem now you feel like you're in the way yeah so I show my arm and Cameron's like oh fuck Oh, shit. Pulls out his phone right away. <laughs> he starts recording me. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. He's like, what's your name? Start asking my name. Well, this is official Purple Haze tattoo. Start, like, he looks at my arm. He's like, fuck, this is crazy. And he's, and, but the guy in my head, I'm just like, he can, number one, be just a fucking total asshole. And I'm never going to listen to his music again. Yeah. Or it's going to be cool. But it was beyond cool. Yeah. Like. You didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. He was fucking genuine. He was super cool. He was, I didn't expect that from him. And just like the atmosphere and like, I, first of all, I was going to puke or black out. <laughs> like I was, like I was in shock. This is like meeting my idol. I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Like to meet, like I've met RZA, I've met Prodigy, but like Cameron to me is like a kind of like a superhero type thing. Yeah. And you know how much Demonica. I love. Yeah. And you know how much I love Cameron. And the guy was this fucking nicest person in the whole entire world. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man, do you mind if I just take a picture with you? He's like, yeah, sure, man. Come here. Took a picture with me, shook my hand, told me he appreciated me for having this tattoo. Yeah. And I, I was I, honestly, in my head, in the past, I was like, if I meet Cameron, I have a list of questions I want to ask him. Yeah. I didn't ask him anything. Basically, I told Basically, I was just like, fuck, if we were going to have a second boy... We would have called him Cameron. And he was like, oh, fuck, that's cool, man. That's cute. Pause. <laughs> and to me, just 
getting that, I was just like, fuck. But I wanted to ask him so many questions. But yeah, it was just like, to me, it was like the biggest thing that's yeah, yeah. ever happened to me. But yeah, that's number f- number five, Cameron. Cameron, sorry. See, I'm getting nervous just talking about it. I'm, and I'm looking in my phone. Should I continue? Yeah, go. <laughs> number five. Number five for me, uh, I'm cheating, man. You're cheating? I'm cheating because I did it on the list that I sent you. But if not, everyone saw it. Yeah. Number five is two spots for me. Ooh. I don't give a damn. It's my list. Okay, but what? Okay. And as I said to you, I approach this the way I approach wrestling. Can you separate the Hardy Boys in wrestling? No. Nope. Can you separate when the Dudley South, Boys fuck. in wrestling? No, nope, when South as well. Can you separate, I mean, the, the, the numerous tag team legends? No, because most are, of their career went South. Right. Right after. Maybe if a couple didn't. Can't think of any. Well, point, Edge and Christian, that went super well. That went super well. Anyway, point being is these guys are not one without the other. That's true. They never separated. They never did solo albums. They did a solo album from their group together. Yeah. Plug one and plug two from De La Soul. Where did Stephen one and Stephen two come from? That's very, very true. That's that's plug one and plug two from De La Soul, Pasanus and Chugoy. These guys, man. I'm going to start with the featurings because you said feature when they show it, when artists Featuring show is important. Yeah. When these guys collaborate with the gorillas, True. always good. When they would do the brand new stuff and they'd show up on the tribe called quest stuff. Yeah. Always good. Usually more for the chorus than a verse. Very happy people too. Pasta noose on the, um, MF doom album. When is he on born like this? Yes. Yes. These guys don't make many appearances out of their circle. No. Out of the De La Soul no. brand. Absolutely right. And when they do, it's always, always, always on point. They're actually the first time, the, the, the first, I discovered them thanks to Redman with the single Ooh. Fuck. On uh, Much Music. I knew who Redman the, was from the Rockwilder. Wizard, of, Wizard of, Oz, of Oz. video. And I was like, who is this? Man? <laughs> I love the hook. I love the Redman hook. So these guys like became so a thing that I kept wanting to hear. Their albums were harder to find when I was young, but I always still kept can't them in find mind. Them. They're still hard to find. Yeah, and not long ago they got in that massive dispute with the, with Tommy Boy. He didn't want to give them their. They didn't want to give them their rights to distribute the music on uh, on streaming platforms, streaming services. So they kind of got fucked. It's really too bad their story. Their story is 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 very unfortunate. Very very. Um, no, I don't want to say legends, but. Uh a lot of people, like, they're inspirational. They're influential again. Influential, sorry. Influential, They're yeah. guys that influence some of the biggest rap groups, some of the biggest rappers. Well, uh, when they came out, not a lot of people were listening to that style of hip-hop, right? Yeah. Well, you said it in the past. They were considered the hippies. Yeah. Their message was very positive. Peace. Yeah. But educating as well. Fun. Fun, yeah, but educating. Again. There was always a... a they are lo- part of the brand Nubian movement, right? Right. So they really Zulu Nation. Yeah, they really push that. I mean, to me, positive hip hop, intelligent, educative. I mean, De La Soul is that. De La yeah. Soul is all of that. Their punchlines are great. The way they jump between one and the other, the way Pasnu sometimes hands over the verse to Chugoy. Yeah. And it, he brings That's it classic back hi- to him. Classic hip hop. That's it. No guys do it like them. I don't care. No, you're right. And I don't care about the uh, about. 
you haven't given this group enough attention to know that. This is me talking to the listeners now. You haven't given De La Soul enough attention to know that. These guys invented the skit. The skits you heard on Marshall Mathers. The skits you heard on 2001. Red Man albums. Red Man albums. Method Man albums. The skits you heard on how many albums? Yeah, their albums had, were, had 28 songs, 26 songs on them. With These skits. guys invented the skit. I, I, don't, I, I don't care. Man, they've done so much and get nothing in return. They get zero. You know what's crazy? And, and I see the anger in your voice, but you're absolutely right. Nobody gives a flying fuck. Nobody. Like, they never get their flowers in hip-hop. These guys. Never. And, the, and what upsets me so much about this is that I'm going back. Gorillas keep coming up. But Gorillas Feel Good Inc. is Gorillas' biggest song ever. Mm-hmm. Even hip-hop fans know that song and don't know who's on it. A lot of people don't know who the, who's on it. They think they're Gorillas. Right? Please. Right? Come on, man. But the problem is with that is that I think the time they came out in and there was the tribe called Quests that were starting up. But again, there was still the Eric B's and Rakim. There was still the Cool G raps. People weren't paying attention as much to them because they were listening to that gangster hip hop, quote unquote, that uh, street hip hop. So you were kind of either not into hip hop and you listen to them and you got the attention of them or you were listening to like the heavy D's, uh, you know what I mean? The Bismarcky type hip hop to get into them. Yeah. But these guys and something I learned because you put me on them big time, 110%. These guys got better as they aged. Look at the grind date. They're stellar on that. They're- they are. They are. For sure. Common's on that album. Ghostface is on that album. Within hip-hop, the big names are are so respective of these guys. For sure. They recognize what they did. But the, but people that listen to hip-hop don't give them enough respect. I don't think it's, magazines uh, man, give them enough respect. I don't think uh, just fucking people that do reviews give them enough respect. Rolling Stone redid their top 500 albums of all time. And Three Feet High and Rising is very high. Where is it? What number? Three something? No, no, no. It's in the top hundred. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm happy that they did that. But that's the type yes. of, like, that magazine will pay attention to Adela Soul. I find sometimes even hip-hop magazines don't pay attention to Adela Soul. They're overlooked, man. And that's the problem. Yeah. I think, and you know what? I kind of not, bl- I blame them, but I don't blame them because they're a great group, but a tribe called Quest overpowered them. They were too much, yes. You're right. I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So, But I'll be honest with you. More often than not, I'll put on the Dilla albums over the over Tribe. Yeah, for you, me. For and me. you had told me that. And this is the thing. that Tribe is very good. You know how much I love Tribe. And I think I had... Was it two albums I had in, in my top 10? Maybe one. But Midnight Marauders was there for sure. Yeah. With the single award tour that features True Boy on the chorus. They came up from the same... The they same did. time. What I want to say, Three Feet Nine Rising was 103 on the Rolling Stones. Whoa. What I want to say is this. A tribe Called Quest or A Tribe Called Quest, I give them that. They're incredible. They're one of my, they're my second favorite hip-hop group of fans. No, they're not. They're my, they're up there. The thing is this. Q-Tip and Fife. Q-Tip had flow. 
Fife had bars, correct? Correct. I would say more Q-Tip had, had a vibe. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Fife had bars, punchlines. Yes. But they share the same flow. If Fife gives you a verse, it's got punchlines. Q-Tip's going to come in with a bit more melody. Yeah. Same rhyme pattern as Fife. Fife is a, a rapper. Q-Tip is an MC. So he takes over what Fife did with yeah. the bars. Classic In his own way. These guys... It's fresh. It's new oh, all the time. They're super different. Super it, it different. It doesn't make sense. Look at the music videos those guys did. Yeah. Nobody was making hip hop music, music videos, videos like that. They're a lot of fun too. Look, man. I've said enough. Plug one, plug two. Pasta news, true boy. Yeah. Uh, if you don't listen to De La Soul, man, do yourself a favor. And listen to De La Soul. <laughs> Number four. Andre. Mr. Andre Benjamin. And I got to explain why. Sure. Melody's ability to change and be consistent from song to song, not just album to album, because what he's done on Southern Playlistic to what he's done on The Love Below and even after that, the Idlewild soundtrack, this guy has changed his voice. His voice has gotten more advanced. You know, like a growth of an artist? You see that in Andre 3000. He's come up from doing an actual Southern album to change the face of music coming in from the South. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you listen to Andre 3000, you're listening to him for his ability to rap, but also to his ability to use his melodies throughout his song. Man, the storytelling this guy does is incredible as well. I don't want to say too much on it because I, I, I've done it already, but the Kendrick Lamars of the world, I'm going to go on and say this, the Drakes of the world. Travis Scott's. The Travis Scott's. The Kid Cuddies. The Kid Cuddies. Who else sings? Who else rap and sings? So many now. It was because Andre 3000 did that. Like... First of all, the way he dressed and all that stuff, it, it goes with his, again, moniker. But he made it okay. He didn't make it weird to be able to mix both together mm -hmm. and be from the South. That's crazy to me. It, when you think of the South, you kind of don't think of outcast because of the way they were dressing, the, how weird they were with their music. Yeah. But like... Andre 3000 made hip-hop explode in a different way, in a different outlet, and made you think about what is this guy really doing? What is this guy bringing to hip-hop that not a lot of artists do? Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm going to leave it at that, but this guy is just incredible. His voice, when you listen, when you think of, when I think of Andre 3000, I think his voice, how, how his tone is, and it's so refreshed over not overwhelming but it's so like forthcoming it makes you want to go more deeper into his product because yeah. of the way he's coming onto it the guy could rap the guy could fucking out rap anyone anyone have melodies sing the tone of voice is just this guy is just it's like honestly it's like looking in, into 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 the sky and, and the stars it's mm -hmm. just so beautiful what he does 
And it's cheeseball what I'm saying, but fuck, it's true. You ready for my four? Number four. Ray Steven Kwan, two. the chef. Ding, ding. Number four, Raekwon to me is... Uh, ding, ding. When he comes on a beat, he knocks you out, man. He's a chef. Uh, I don't think he has many great albums. He has what? Two, three? I'd say Cuban Links, Cuban Links 2, and Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang. Yeah. His effort on the Wu-Tang albums is always great. But you said the featuring thing, and I think he's a very important one to take note of. When he's on a featuring, the person that goes to get him goes to get him for for what he can do, for 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 for, for his best and and he's not lazy on a featuring. Fuck no. He'll spit on your on your verse, on your song, the way he would his own. And that's that. And come ten times stronger than even any if, other artist. Even if even if he takes those opportunities to promote himself. Not everybody listens to Raekwon solo or Wu Tang that listens to necessarily a Kanye West. When he comes on on Gorgeous, he's gonna let you know who he is. He's gonna let you know why he's there. You said it the best. He doesn't need you to say, I, I want you to say what you're gonna say, but he doesn't need you to do your homework. He's gonna tell you why he's there. Yeah. Steve, you said it the best. When you listen to Gorgeous, yeah. it's like he's walking into a room yep. to do his verse. And he does it in a way that it's like, okay, Raekwon is here. Be careful how he's coming. Yep. <laughs> right? Yep. And I think you have nothing else more to say because I'm going to jump into number three for me and say my number three is Raekwon the chef. Mm-hmm. And to all the points that, that, that you bring forth, but also the fact that we love listening to Raekwon because of what he says, his language. Yeah. He brings a totally different language to you. You need to go back and listen to Raekwon and be like, what is he saying? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not normality to what he's saying. He's, he's making you think about what he's saying. He is. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, again, like the Gambino thing, what he did with uh, Only Built for Cuban Links. Yeah. But he was using so much words on that we're just like this. This isn't done in hip hop. We got. We can't take that away from only built for Cuban links into what Raekwon did. Uh huh. At all. This guy was man fucking just talking such like these words. These he was using these big words, but making it into his own language, his own terms. The storytelling he does. Only built for Cuban links, probably being one of my favorite hip hop albums of all time, if not the. Yeah. Album, the language, man, the just, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And again, the way he comes onto a track, whether it's his own track or it's a featuring track, he is incredible on it to this day. Yep. It's unfortunate what I would say about Raekwon because now we're doing my four and your three. So let's go back and forth a bit. I find what's unfortunate with him is that since Shaolin versus Wu Tang, there was a Raekwon revival. We got. Cuban Links 2, finally, we got Cuban Links 2. He featured on the biggest hip-hop album of the decade. Made made a name for himself. Wu-Tang were relevant again, almost solely because of that. Mm-hmm. Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, another follow-up great fuck. He did two great solo albums hey, back-to-back. Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, that. crazy good, crazy good. And then what? Yeah. 
I find that disappointing. He was given a chance to revive and prove why he, his name is mentioned with the greats. And his name should be mentioned with the greats. And Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't take that away from him, yes. And he's like the evolution of the Slick Rick. He invented his own language. He did. He did. He's also very straightforward to the point, but what's very cool about him is he's calm. The way, like, the way he comes on the track, like I said, he's entering the room. He's calm. He doesn't come into the room in your face. He's slick. He's He'll fly. He'll build it up if he needs to. His voice, although it could may, it's not it's not necessarily original. Nobody else has that. But you'll know it's Raekwon. That's it. It's, it's like original. It's like sneakily original. It's sneaky how how original it is. It's not obviously original. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes. No, sense. you make it's late. it makes total sense. Number three for you, since my number three was Raekwon. Number three for me is uh, uh, Ghostface Killer. Da -da -da. So um, <laughs> number three for me is Ghost. He comes into the room opposite of Raekwon, <laughs> and he's right up in your face. Another thing that we said was very different between you and I. Yep. I'm Raekwon, you're Ghostface. I don't come up into the room in your face. You see, you're going to say, wait, 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 hold on. This is bigger than top 10 MCs. You're going to say, I'm more in your face than you. Okay, fuck, it's me. Yeah, okay, it's me. Fine, whatever. Okay, I'm Ghostface, you're Raekwon. But since we're talking about him, your number three is Ghostface. My number two is Ghostface. All right, so we're, we're wrapping up quicker than we thought because now we're starting to align. Okay. Um, we knew this. Yeah, we knew this, this was going to happen probably. Ghostface for me is uh, like I said comes up in, comes in, walks into the room in your face delivers he's 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 loud he'll get it he's loud he'll get his message across yeah he's like he's yeah but can we say one thing we put one thing on the table yeah <laughs> and I really see that your smirk nobody raps like this guy no not many people rap like any of these guys on these lists. But Ghostface has something special. Ghostface, again, was revived almost again like Raekwon. Maybe not as much, but New God Flow. Exactly. The same guys went to try and revive Ghost. He was kind of... Was that before or after the Reasons to Die? Whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, in that same period. Because that was a great album by him. Reasons to Die. 12 Reasons to Die, 36 Seasons. Yeah. Which featured Vince Staples, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Danny Brown, somewhere on one of those two albums, 12 Reasons to Die. Again, I don't want to get into their age and them doing what the fuck they want to do and just focusing on different things. But a lot of these guys, favorite rappers are Raekwon and Ghostface. Pusha T, one of his favorite rappers is Ghostface. He looks up to him because of what Ghostface did in music. Because what he was doing, like when Ghostface, most of the time, when you listen to his album, look, listen to Supreme Clientele, listen to the Wu-Tang Forever, listen to Fishscale. He's not rapping. He's like spoken word. He's like speaking to you, but yep. in like a way that you think he is rapping to you. Yep. It's like he's like he's telling you a story, like a book, but the way he's presenting it to you is rapping you know what i mean like if you understand what i'm trying to say yeah like there's sometimes you're just like okay that didn't rhyme with that word but fuck it sounds incredible the way he puts it together he paints you a picture like an art canvas boom 
Ghostface Killer um, was here. Look, just the song on um, was it Impossible right after Triumph on the on the second one where he won yeah. he won he won an award for best verse of the year for that year because of just how he was talking to you about the guy that was dying in the street. Yeah, I remember that. And like just the scenario, the guy paints you a fucking a picture, man. One of my one of my songs that always sticks with me for Ghostface is uh, Hollow Bones. Yes. From the W. For you, yes, I remember. It's not, there's nothing special there. It's not a crazy song. There's no drum on that song even. But I think it's Deck that goes first. Yeah. I think then Ray and then Ghost. And it's so laid back. It's so calm. It's so cool. And he's breaking up his words a lot differently than he usually does on his usual flow in your mm-hmm. face like he would on a fish scale. He's calm. He's laid back. He's ch- he's, he's cutting his lines short. He's, he's doing things that are more interesting. He steps out of his usual self as well. And again, on that same album, I Can't Go to Sleep, where he's like crying. <laughs> the verse where he's crying. I mean... He gets your attention. He'll go get your attention. Hundred ten. If he if he's not stepping in your face and 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 like the new God flow style, he's doing it another way. Yeah. But man, then in two thousand and what year was that? Thirteen. Fourteen. New God flow. Yeah. That was around there. Yeah. Ghostface Killer has one of the best verses of the year. If not, the I best would verse. honestly, and I know we listen to a lot of rap, and people are gonna say that's a big statement. I'd give him. I'd. I think that's one of the best verses of all time. time. I agree with you. I don't like. I don't. There are not many verses that come to mind. Other like, if you say best verses of all time, that comes to mind. You got flow goes face killer. Just the way that it builds up to his verse, it's like he's coming down from like a fuck, like he's Batman or some shit like that, and then he comes in and it's just they sampled his voice. And then he's rapping. He fucking... It's like it was Ghostface back Supreme Clientele Fish Scale days. Yeah. And it was just incredible what he did on that. Yep. And he does that. And that's why, to me, he's number two for me. Your turn, number two. Number- wait, wait. I just remembered something. I got to say this because yeah, yeah, I looked go, at go, you go. for some reason. I thought of it. Raekwon and Ghostface together on a song? Yeah. There's nothing like that. Look Ragu. at Apollo Kids, Ragu, the Wu Tang stuff, all the shit they did together. The like that Ragu song of Fish Scale is so underrated. Fuck. When when Ray tells it was the Ray starts, Ray starts. He's telling the story about somewhere they're at. They're at a drug deal that goes wrong. Somebody gets shot. Watching Larry King live. Yeah, and he gets a phone call. He has to go help somebody out. Goes to help out, and then he says, "Only reason why that is because he's related to you." Ghost comes in, who he related to me, and he's telling you his version. I knew him for this long. That guy's not related to me, and he's he's giving you his version of this idiot who fucked up a drug deal. Crazy man. Hey, everyone that's listening, go listen to that song, and then listen to Apollo Kids. There's nothing in rap that sounds like that ever. Those songs, they're not even rapping on it. Some things might rhyme, but these guys are having like a fucking conversation on a song. That you think that they're rapping the whole thing. Please, do yourself a fucking favor and go listen to those two songs. We should, do a, we should record a version of Ragu. <laughs> we should. I'm, I'm going to do the Ghostface. You, you do the Raekwon? Because yeah. I come into the room apparently. 
Number two. You definitely could. Number you, two. Number two for me, I've said this so many times about this rapper, and I've said this so many times about rap and hip-hop in general. I find, I'm going to stop speaking for rap as a genre, but I find that as I'm getting older, I'm struggling listening to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I often feel like I'm trying to be the cool kid. I'm not a kid anymore. No. So certain artists don't exactly do it for me. Most of my top 10 still have, I think, fit into my age group if I'm listening to them. But like, for example, like a Drake, Amigos, a Future, a lot of those new guys. Uh, I'm a bit, I'm getting old for it. A Ross, new Ross for me doesn't necessarily appeal to me. An ASAP Rocky. Travis Scott. I mean, who else? Yeah, you're getting older. We're getting older. So many. This rapper, I've said it over and over again, has found a way to make his hip-hop not age. He sticks with the time, but he stays mature. He's not giving you what he spoke about in 2001, Mm -hmm. what he spoke about in 99, He's not dissing people. He's not coming at you with his group, with his posse. He's in his own lane. Mm-hmm. He's a grown-up. <laughs> it's true. Rapping grown-up. It's up. true. He's a rapping grown-up. His instrumentals are, cho- are chosen appropriately. Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And people that say 444 is not some of his best work. I think that album doesn't need to be one of his, most, one of his best albums. But it's one of his most important. Magna Carta was an attempt to make pop and club hits again. What he did on Blueprint. And on Blueprint, he was already too old for that. 444 is grown man rap. The beats are mature. They're calm. They're, they're, they're more laid back. They don't need to be aggressive and in your face. And it's fine if that's what you like. As an older person, that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Is not that... You can't like that anymore past a certain point. 444 is grown man rap. But he's, again, he's moving up with the times. Yes. He's not going to make the same shit. He's staying relevant to the young. While, I mean, if, if you've been with him all along, there's nothing on 444 you shouldn't like. No, but he's also, he has a message in his music. Like, it's okay. Yes, to- yes, it's always a man. And for the first time in his whole catalog, he's saying like, hey. Well, there's the whole scandal with Beyonce. He's like, he's, 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 he's bearing it. He's saying, yeah. Well, fuck. What else I do you want him to I, talk I about? Up. No, no, but, but, but the, the, the way he approaches it is not common in hip hop. No. I fucked up. He's an adult. I don't, this, this is not the right thing to do. Absolutely agree with you. I'm sorry. Grown man shit. And that's why he's loved. And that's why people respect him so much because he's making music for you at your age. That's it. And and now, okay, look, I got to I got to pay, I got to pay the, to the classics. Reasonable doubt. He made it on his own. Nobody wanted him. Well, he was, he was under, quote unquote, notorious B.I.G. Yeah. So people but were looking at him as number two, number three. On yeah. Oh yeah. So for from sure. the beginning, he was doubted. Yeah. And then as you progress through his catalog. The volume one, two, and three series. That was like that Rough Riders, like Diddy Air, Rough Riders, Bad Boy, all those guys at the same time going, 
back and forth releasing hits. He stayed afloat. After that, he came out with a blueprint. The Blueprint 2 was a botch. Black Album was good. Then he had those few hit or miss albums. Well, Kingdom Come. Yeah, when he came back from American retirement. American Gangster. For, this, for the movie, to the coincide fuck. with the movie. Which then that fits so well the time. It did. It did. But then when you look at Blueprint 3 and what he did on that album, passed the torch down to the Coles, the Drakes, the Cuddies, the whoever. Well, he, but he tried to make, again, like, clubby. But he he managed. Yeah. He made an incredible pop album right yeah. then and there. Then there was Hit or Miss a bit more with Magna Carta. What else did he put out? Watch uh, the Throne. Which Watch the Throne was all right. And then... 444. 444. I'm a grown-up. You think he's going to come out with man. something else? I think he will. But I think now if people are going to start looking for that old Jay-Z, you're not going to get that anymore. No. This is now he's like he's moving on to the next. And I wouldn't be surprised if he works with a producer that's more laid back style, yeah. like. And I don't want to start saying names because I have no idea what's going on, but like, like a Mad Lib style. Yeah, that's exactly right. I knew you, you know were going to say that. No, it'd Fits be crazy the, good, man. You know what that I mean? That would be crazy good. You a would. nice, a nice. Uh, yeah. So Jay Z is my number two. I, I, I mean, everyone knows the way he raps. Everybody thinks he, he's very talented in the way he spits and. A lot of people say he goes straight into the booth and doesn't write it down. Cool. I highly doubt it. But if he does that, cool. <laughs> no, one way or another, he's my number two. Let's recap once more because now we gave five. Me. Cameron, kill a cam. No, go from the back. Go from the ten. From ten? From ten. Okay. Number ten, Jay Z. Number nine, Pusha T. Number eight, Redman. Number seven, Method Man. Number six, Prodigy. Number five, Kill a Cam, Cameron. Number four, Andre 3000. Number three, Raekwon. Number two, Ghostface Killer. And I want an honorable mention. One honorable mention. One guy you felt bad leaving off your list. Yeah? Okay. Now? Yep. Uh, I know your one is now. I just realized. Oh, fuck. How do you not know him, but fuck my number one is. Uh, I, can I give two honorable mentions? Nope. Okay, so I'm going to go with a big middle finger to you. And uh, one of my honorable mentions uh, is going to be uh, probably the game. Okay, who's the other one? I just wanted to fuck with you. Who's the other one? Faramanch. Okay. My game would be the, yeah. the honorable mention. Yeah. Okay. I had a tie between him and Jay-Z just because... They're two guys that I could go back to any of their albums and just enjoy them completely. You? Number 10, Most Def. Number 9, Slick Rick. Number 8, Vince Staples. Number 7, MF Doom. Number 6, Rakim. Number 5, Plug 1 and Plug 2, Pastanus and Shugoy of De La Soul. Number 4, Raekwon. Number 3, Ghostface Killer. Number 2, Jay-Z. One honorable mention, Killer Mike. Ooh, like it. Good call. My number one, everybody probably knows this already. A lot of people are going to be like, meh, you can't put him in your number one. Meh, meh. But at the end of the day, this guy has four albums that came out. Actually, I'm a liar. He has more than four albums. But four albums that got him in the limelight that people listen to a lot. Section 80, Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, and Damn. A lot of people say you can't put him. He's fairly new. Absolutely not. He's oh, been rapping more than 10 years. 
A lot of people put Notorious B.I.G. And you only came out with two albums. No yep. offense, because I love Notorious B.I.G. I know, but uh, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Like, a lot yeah. of people are saying you can't put him because he's fairly new. But people that passed, unfortunately, with one or two albums are being put in top fives or being put as number one. I'm going with this person 110% because of his consistency in music, because of what he could do with his voice, because of how he could rap, because of how he changes up from album to album, because he could sing, because he could rap. Did I say that again? Because he could rap, because he could change his flow, because he could do all this shit, okay? And no other artist is doing that as well as he's doing it right now. My number one is Kendrick Lamar. And if you have a problem with that, I can give you my address and you can come see me at my house. And you're Raekwon? <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, number one. I'm not changing. I don't care what other people say. You guys put fucking stupid rappers as your number ones. I am going with Kendrick Lamar and I'm standing by that. And I said this right after he came out with Damn because I wanted to see if it wasn't just a overnight oh the guy's gonna come out with two albums and it's gonna be mediocre after or it's gonna be okay this guy i'm gonna tell you one thing steven i'm stopping at that because i want you to spend your time on yours but i'm gonna add to this yeah when you sit down and you're just like okay he put out section 80 what's next okay good kid matt city incredible storytelling amazing he brought the west coast back he has that west coast feel in it but with a, a flavor of what's like that newer sound newer producers by the way he keeps it a lot of his stuff in-house fyi uh two paper butterfly good kid matt city and two paper butterfly are two totally different albums jazzier more soul doing different things with his voice instrumentation that album. that album is damn where he takes all of his past work into one body of work and has a song on there for every emotion, every feeling, whether it's, a, a, you could play this in the club, whether you could listen to this because whatever, you're feeling sad or, you know, like, like Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death, where there's a song on there for everybody, every mood, every feeling. Mm -hmm. At, at some point, why can't we put him at number one or number two? Why? But that's why, because he is consistent. What do you want next from Kendrick? What do I want next from Kendrick? That's the problem, is until I put that on and I listen to it five to ten times, I don't know. I have no idea, man. I, you need this guy, you need to sit down. It's almost like Outcast, where you need to sit down and listen to it consistently let it breed, understand it, figure it out. What's what's like the radio heads of the world did this. So many artists of the world did this mm -hmm. where they give you bodies of work where you sit down and you listen and you you figure it out. It's more than rap. It's more than rap. To me, Kendrick Lamar is more than rap. And I, dude, I didn't know I was going to get Good Kid Mad City after Section 80. I didn't know I was going to get to Pippa Butterfly after Good Kid Mad City. And I didn't know I was going to get Damn after Two Pimba Butterfly. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to get now. For all I know, it's going to be just him on a cowbell, hitting a cowbell rapping, and it could be fantastic. I don't know. Number one for you, my friend. My good Steven number two, Ghostface Killer. <laughs> number one for me is, without a doubt, 
I had to I had to sit down and realize this doing this exercise because I don't all the rappers I told you before this are rappers I've always said are like I hold in high regard. This guy always makes it on my list, but never at one. And this time around, I'm like, no, there's no reason for it not to be one for me. No reason for it not to be one. I didn't talk about Kanye West yet. Number one for me is Andre 2000. <laughs> um, for all the reasons you said, but one main reason. The message is love. Very true. And if you want to talk about the Jay-Z's, how I said he found a way to be mature, mm-hmm. Andre found it first. He's been on that for a while. When you get to that love below and he's on another level creating music that's not for the outcast fan. Mm-hmm. Not even rapping at on it. You know the best thing about it? Everyone was so disappointed at first saying, like, why is he not doing outcast music? Since day one, you've been saying, why is he so different? Since day one, you've been calling him out for being not hip-hop enough. What did you expect? It flowed super well. The things he did on that album, the the, the instruments he played, the writing he did, the singing he did, the instrument, the, organizing the instruments, the production he did, he also did on Speakerbox. Can you say one thing? Yeah. Repeat this. A very important word that a lot of people don't see in hip-hop. What? Writer. Writer? Songwriter. Thank you. Music is songwriting. I don't care if you had so-and-so help you write a line in your verse. That's songwriting. Back to Andre, the songwriting he does for himself and for others. When he steps out onto a featuring, you notice he's there on that Travis Scott album, on Drake Take Care. <laughs> he makes, he get, he, fuck, he made that Jeezy song sound so good, him and Jay-Z on it. Crazy, huh? Right? Oh, the melodies. So, Andre, for me, is number one. But wait a minute, this is my list. And I'm basing Andre's as being my number one solely of being part of Outcast. So if I can have the two guys from De La Soul at five. Then you can have the two from Outcast at number one. Yeah. Very cool. You're not mentioning Big Boy enough. No. They're not one without the other. No. And I'll give you this much. If you take Andre's work and you take Big Boy's work and you put them side by side, Big Boy has more to show for himself. <laughs> yeah. And that's, he killed it. That's it. I don't care if you like how Andre dresses. I don't care if you like his toque. I don't care if you like his overalls. MC, rapper, artist, Big Boy has more to show for himself. Yeah. That's it. And you know what? And I'm going to add this. On speaker box, Andre helped him a lot throughout the whole album. Absolutely. But after that, Big Boy... He produces Boy, on Sir Luscious yeah. Left Foot, but... But... Come on. Big Boy on Sir Luscious Left Foot come was on. out of this world. It was like, where's Andre? When's the new Outcast coming on? Hold on a second. Seriously. Here's the Big Boy album in your fucking face. And if you look at the Big Boy album and come his on. future work, he got a deal with Apple. His song was for one of the... He, they used a Shutterbug. 
Not Shutterbug. The on his last album there. Go DJ. No, no, no. It's no, it's not. It's not from that. It's that happy song. That happy song. Yeah, people know what it is. Everybody knows what that song. Oh, with Adam Levine. Levine. Was it with him? How does yeah. it go? I don't know, but it's a happy song. Anyways, we'll talk after the episode. There was a song off one of his later albums that made it into an Apple commercial. Yeah, it's he that featured one. on Run the Jewels stuff. He toured. I mean, he managed to stay relevant as the less interesting member of Outcast. You guys should listen to like Killer Mike and then listen to Big Boy after. And here's the thing. Everybody wants to see an Andre solo album. Everybody wants to hear... Something from Andre, and it's. I, I just want to hear. Don't him, need it. I just want to hear him play the flute. I honestly don't need an Andre solo album. I don't. I don't want it. I don't need a new Outcast album. What I have is good enough for him to be my number one. I don't think an Andre solo album will be that good. I don't know what to think, to be honest. Steve, I, at this point, be? at this point, I don't need anything. He's going to be, be very musical on it. It won't be very hip hop, and everyone's going to get pissed. I don't need it. I wouldn't be surprised if it sounds exactly like a Frank Ocean album. Exactly. By if the it's way, a good one, then on fine. That. If it's not, I don't need it. But look, point is this. Big Boy managed to stay afloat. Yeah. Big time. You Big props to like, that guy because he did amazing. Absolutely. And you don't like Andre as much as you do without Big Boy being in that group. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple. You like Andre more because he's different. Mm-hmm. But there's a contrast with Big that's Boy. putting this attention on Andre. Oh, they're totally that different. That you're completely ignoring. And if you want me to say the fucking truth, Big Boy is just as original and just as different. Yeah, of course. He doesn't dress that way. He doesn't look that way. He doesn't fit that. He's more of a rapper's rapper. I would say he's, he's as original and as different, even oh, rapping. Oh, lyrically and flow For sure. type. They, they mix sure. well because of how different they are and how original they are. They yeah. fit so well. That's my one. I don't give a shit, man. Well, and I'm not. And, I, and my number one is not Outcast. No, it's my number one is Andre Three Thousand and Big Boy. Good call. I like that. They're not one without the other. I That's like that. it. I like that. Now, we're this part of segment of the show. Oh. Where we will be giving, we asked, I asked, for people to give us their top 10 MCs and rappers. Okay? Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share three, because it's long to make lists. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share three. You good with that? Yeah. And then I'll pick my favorite of the three? Yeah. Okay? Uh, Malenko, top 10 MCs, rappers, uh, going from bottom to top. Nas. Redman, Jay-Z, Notorious B.I.G., Big Pun, Big Daddy Kane, Black Thought, Andre 3000, Rakim, and Kendrick K. Lamar. So Kendrick being one, Nas being ten. Yeah. I thought Redman would be higher on his list. Me too. I like his list. I do think he went more on the traditional side who should be here. Yeah. But I like his list. Uh, our good friend... To the show, podcast, it's a show. Gabu. Yeah. Number 10. Featured to one, with us on uh, episode 9. Yeah. Black Thought, Earl Sweatshirt. Very nice. Five Diggy, Five Dog, Guru. 
Kendrick Lamar, Andre 3000, Ghostface Killer, Slug from Atmosphere, yeah. Killer Mike, and number one, MF Doom. Very cool list. That's him. That's, that's, that's him. You fucking couldn't say it better. That is exactly him. Now we got my good friend Ben from Sunrise Records. If you want CDs and records, please go see Ben at Sunrise Records. Uh, top 10 rappers, they're in no order. Well, he gave me the list. I don't understand if it's in order or not. MF Doom. Notorious B.I.G. Lil Wayne. J. Cole. Tupac. Nas. Eminem. Jay-Z. Andre 3000. And Kendrick Lamar. Nice list. I feel guilty for now for leaving Kendrick Lamar off. Why? You shouldn't. That's your list. No, I, Fuck. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just saying I did consider him, but I'm, I, was, I, I was honest with my list. I don't often put his albums on anymore. We have to be honest with our list because we're not making this list for, for people to be like, oh, you forgot Nas because Nas is the greatest MC. Oh, you forgot this person because he should be on the top five. Where's Eminem? Eminem is the greatest rapper of all time. No, it's our list. You can put who the fuck you want where. And I have a top 50 written down on a piece of paper. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. There's a couple of people in there that you think would be on there that should be on there that are not in my list. Like? Eminem. Uh-huh. I don't have Eminem in my top 50. Maybe I do. I don't know. I don't think so. He's not for you, I guess. No, I like his music. I like his albums. Not all his albums, but he's not in my top 50. I don't have to put it because somebody tells me to and that he should be there. You would see my list and you'd be like, huh. They were all good lists. Yeah, all good lists. Uh, I love seeing people's opinions. I love talking about hip-hop with people. One thing we do best is making lists, me and you, every fucking year, almost every week. There's a list here, do this, do that. We just did like two this week. MF Season Doom one and, was a list. Yeah, <laughs> a fucking pain in the ass too. I'm never doing that again with you. Uh, but yeah, that's our top 10 uh, favorite hip-hop Rappers, MCs, something like that. MCs, rappers. Uh, this was fun. Do we want to tell them what we have planned next week or we start announcing it? What do we have planned next week? I think I like this because I want people to get excited. Oh, next week, Stephen. <laughs> you're taking out your phone because you forgot or because you're Stephen number two and usually Stephen number two forgets shit. I think that is why. Um, next week, Stephen, our episode... Will be launching, of course, on October 2nd. Yes. Next Friday. What happens on October 2nd, next Friday? Well, there, there could be two things that happen. Let's hear. Number one could yeah. be we are in the second wave of the COVID. Okay. And we are in total lockdown. So okay. I cannot get my ass over to your house. But I will still try and hopefully not get stopped by the cops and ask me where I'm going. But we're allowed to be two in a household, two families in a household. So, so yeah, if- we'll see. And number two will be a anniversary of... You're very right. It's, a, it's an anniversary week next week. An anniversary week of a very important album in music. October 2nd, tw- uh, the year... T- October, yeah. Fuck. October 2nd, 2000. One of the biggest alternative rock albums. Rock. Hard to call that album rock. But alternative rock, rock albums is released. It's Radiohead's Kid A. Next Friday, it turns 20. And we are doing? 
we're going to do a Radiohead dissected episode, very similar to what we did with Nuns. Probably way more positive too, though. I have better things to say about Radiohead than I do about Nuns. So we're going to go through their catalog. At Kid A, we're going to tell you how all the bloops and bleeps on that album are incredible. And we're going to get to their end, and we're going to give you our top five. Yay. And the best part of all of this is you have to listen to Radiohead all week. Hey, I listen, to I've gone to two Radiohead concerts. You did. And I enjoy Radiohead. I cannot wait to talk Radiohead with you. And I think the most interesting thing about doing that is because to you, I don't, you might be hearing some of these albums for the first time in full. The most interesting thing and the most, what I think the most fascinating thing about doing this with you is that you're approaching it from the outside. As somebody that does not listen to this type of music regularly, it's going to be something you do for a week to get an episode done. You're going to give your opinion on your albums. You're going to tell me the five that you like the most. Uh, and, and, for the, and for the most part, you might like the things that I hate the, le- the most about them. I'm going to tell you one thing. Yeah. I've listened to Radiohead albums in full. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that. I'm saying you probably haven't heard all of them in full. No, I don't think I've heard the first few. Well, there's, the first few are, that's a, that's a lot of content you got to get on. It's okay. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I sell. I'm, I'm real. You know what? Shout out to my cousin, Mark. OK Computer used to play a lot in this car. And Kid A. Why? I remember the fucking albums. And actually the one after Kid A. Amnesiac. Okay. Yes. What's the one where he's running in the fucking woods with the tree? That's Hell to the Thief. That one. So yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait for next week. Kid A 20 next week. Radiohead Dissected. Hope you guys liked our... Why am I doing this? I'm doing Stephen One work. Do it. Close the uh, episode. I hope you guys like this episode. Uh, please stay safe. Uh, wear a mask, uh, wash your hands, brush your teeth, uh, and please uh, don't be stupid and go out and have fun and think that everything is fine in the world because it's not. Uh, we need to be safe so that we can continue to have fun and listen to good music and not get sick. So thank you everyone for this. Uh, this was fun being Stephen 1. Cannot wait to be Stephen number 2 again. I hate this shit. Thank you. Bye. Bye.